So who are your regular customers, if you don't mind me asking? I'm just curious to know who comes. Today, we're interviewing Alam Jungla Jameer. Uh, just, just a moment. She's interrupted. Workmen have arrived to work on an extension. Very sorry about that. Very sorry about that. Please, uh, can you... She's building a store on the side of a restaurant. Atu? Yeah. I, I don't know. Running a restaurant is difficult. Like today, I had to come early because two of my staff are not coming in today. So, you know, I, I'm getting some disturbance here, but I hope we will not be disturbed more. If there's one word that's often used to characterize women's careers, it is interruption. A simple search online brings up some titles of articles about women and work. Here's what they say. How do career interruptions affect women? Study says working mothers interrupted more often than fathers in the lockdown. How can a woman balance work and life? The big interruptions most women contend with are easy to name. Marriage, kids, taking care of a sick family member or an elderly one. But these same interruptions also play out in miniature every day. This is Grace. And from 6.30, I help my two boys to do their homework and studies. And at the meantime, my husband helped me in cooking lunch. After lunch, I send my two boys for home tuition again. Once they left, I do uh, cleanings. After 10 p.m., I will spend myself alone in my little home office. Evening 3 p.m. I will be busy. Starting a business interrupts life too. It's in fact a big disruptive interruption that challenges what many see are the natural order of things, especially for women. Get the steady job, earn the safe and regular income, and settle down. Welcome to Founders, a show about women entrepreneurs in India. I'm Samyukta Barma. In the series, we're following five women entrepreneurs. And in this episode, we're asking them about the daily grind and about the timing of their ventures. Is there really ever a good time to start a business? What kinds of sacrifices are they having to make? How are they shifting work and life around to make things possible? And where has support come from? Right from when she was young, Tanushri loved to dance. She would take part in competitions, and she soon began to win prizes, and with them prize money. She once won a big prize, 1 lakh rupees, 100,000 rupees, which was presented to her by the chief guest, who was the former railways minister. And at that time in 2003, 2004, 1 lakh rupees was a huge amount because my father is from railway. I was also offered a job uh, when you become 18, you'll get a job in railway. But I never wanted to do my love, you know. I never had plans for that. But uh, yeah, I think, but my education, it was a very uh, nice thing that, you know, I financed my education with that money I used to get with the events and all the paid roles. Tanishi says she never really found it hard to get paid work. She was always interested in a number of things, dancing, painting. And after studying science and engineering, 
she started working on the side with artisans, helping them to set up stores on Amazon.com. After her master's, she got a job. I, I had a great role and a stable, paid, good income, like a decent income. And uh, my mother and father were very happy now. She's settled and she's going to get, you know, at the end of the month, I get my salary. And they are very happy that, you know, she's getting her salary and she's just settled. But one day I tell them that, you know, I don't want to work for, I just want to work for my people now and I want to do this. During those years interacting with artisans, she realized that she'd become very passionate about working with craftspeople. Some of the relatives asked, that, yeah, what is your daughter doing right now? And he was like, you know, very in a very low voice. Initially, they were a little unsure. Her father worried about his educated daughter working in the villages. Women in my family, they they get married very early at the age of 21, 22. So my mother and father was ki, to settled, ho hai, you know, and then the societal pressure is also there ki, ki shaadi kar do. Abhi bhi, matla, I'm, I'm 25 right now and they're like, ki, ki shaadi kar do. the journey is not that easy, has not been that easy for me. I had to fight like, even now I had to fight, fight at every step. But she says her family had always been very supportive of her. And, and my brother, who lives in US, he always was there with me. I was not able to do it because of the lack of finances. You do it. So I used to work the part-time jobs. I used to do the part-time jobs. First three months, I worked in a grocery store. After three months, I was in parlor, beauty parlor, doing the eyebrows, waxing. This is Kavita and she's in her late 20s. Then after three months, I again we shifted to another place in California itself. So again, I went to another place. At that time, I worked as a nanny. Her and her husband run a company that makes healthy snacks, and they live in Telangana. Kavita's story started in the US, where she moved with her husband after marriage. She's a trained engineer and had worked in software. But as a spouse, she had trouble getting a job in America. When I was sitting in the home, I was feeling lonely, actually, because he used to go to office. Uh, I used to be alone from morning to evening. So when I was working in the grocery store, I was happy. Like I used to mingle with different type of people, not in the not my age also. They used to be different kind of people comparing to age-wise and also like the thought-wise. Eventually, she got a job, a desk job, the kind expected of someone with her professional background. Everyone will say that those are the odd jobs. I know that actually. But that gave me uh, like, happy uh, i used to be happy when i was doing that but after joining as an intern it was like a little bit hard for me to uh, sit in front of a system and work continuously for hours and hours kavita realized that she missed hanging out with different kinds of people and she talked to her husband about it she was inspired by the people she had met at the various jobs she did and they all seemed to have a very different relationship to work and money at that time, my feeling was like to earn the money. So I used to be like that. I should get the promotions. I should earn the money. All my notion was like that. But after going to US, I've seen the many people who, who were satisfied with their jobs. Like whatever the job they do, they will get satisfaction. She was unhappy, but she ended up sticking it out for another three months. And then her and her husband had a talk about how they both felt about their jobs. Actually, the main point is, ours is a love marriage. He confessed that he wasn't happy either. 
uh, to take the decision it is the easy for us actually and they decided that they wanted to come home and give starting a business a shot many people suggested has like why you are leaving your jobs and entering into the business everyone will be in the notion like after 40 plus we can start the business makes sense doesn't it set up the business after she had settled all her obligations after she had children taking care of the family and after they had enough money saved in the bank but we both were not into that line we want to start the business early so that it should grow along with our baby like it should be like a two child that's right two babies in the same year kavita's business has taken off in these past two years but it has taken a lot of hard work for many months she shuttled back and forth between the manufacturing unit and home so she could spend time with her son and make sure production was on track she told us about a difficult period she experienced early on when she was testing out batches of her products at events every day it was like i used to wake up at 6 and the batch should be ready by 12 o'clock and we should go to the exhibition it used to start by 2 or 3 o'clock from 3 o'clock to till 9 o'clock night 9 o'clock i used to stand whole 6 hours is for me standing uh, because the front faces are me and my partner whoever helping okay but the front faces should be always visible so i used to stand for 6 hours at a stretch in between i can i used to take like half an hour like this for the snack break but after going home it used to be like 10 or 11 for those whole 3 months i used to miss my kid because he is like 7 months old at that time More recently, Kavita and her husband made the decision to move closer to the center of the city. They needed to spend more time marketing their products to stores and the commute from where they lived previously was exhausting. Kavita's in-laws had always helped out with childcare and when they announced that they were going to have to move, they said that they would not be able to join them. This meant that if they did take their son, they would not have childcare in the city. We thought this this might be the correct decision for us, but we never thought like uh it may be agreed by in laws because um uh, it is a di- difficult task even for me also it took 15 days for me to take it into my mind they said like okay you can go but in the beginning don't say to anyone it was like a big <laughs> it was like a big task for us so for like two months we have hided it we didn't say to anyone kavita's in laws were initially very worried about what people would think i considered their thoughts also because they they said like whoever the person they may think like uh, they are they are leaving everything to their in-laws they are enjoying their life but they soon began to be open with everybody lately kavita and her husband have been very deeply immersed in getting the business going and they recently found an investor if you tell a woman who has a big dream i want to start a business but you might have to leave your child four days a week and I don't think you know many people would do that. Where does the drive come from? Till now, also, some days I feel like okay, I'm leaving him. Even my partner and he both gave me like they gave the promise me also. Like for you, it is only the one year time to scale up the business. Once it's completed, you can be with your kid. So that was fixed into my mind. Like one year is the time I should be away. After that, I will be spending my time with my kid. So I am think that should be fixed in the mind. I think like for your women or the men, anyone, you should keep your goal like straight forward.
Good morning, everyone. Alam Jungla here once again. Today, I would like to show you a very small glimpse of farmer's market in Dimapur, Nagaland. I am here in supermarket, and since it's an unusually cold morning, the market is not so crowded. The whole of Timapur city comes here for their daily needs. I come here every morning to purchase fresh local ingredients straight from different villages of Nagaland. In some sense, Alam Jungla has had many careers. After working for years in the hospitality industry, in some of India's best hotels, and on cruise ships around the world. She had returned home to Dimapur to set up a hotel management program in a university there, and she had built a reputation for herself. But in the first year of her business, Alam Jungla was still teaching in the department she helped set up, and her consulting services were very much in demand. Whenever I get that offer, I just say yes, and then travel with them, go out of station uh, for weeks I will be out of Timapur sometimes you know uh, like traveling the different district giving them training but she also had this new restaurant to run uh, my best friend she's also an entrepreneur she owns a bakery and a restaurant in Manipur in Imphal so like she came to visit me just because I'm running a restaurant she had to come personally to see how it was going and then we sit down and she told me, okay, now Achong, you are an entrepreneur, which means that your name is attached to your business. So people have high expectations from you because they happen to know me. So open, like running a restaurant, opening a restaurant in your name, people will have high expectation. And if you are not around here, uh, people will be disappointed. So you have to be in the restaurant and uh, just leave aside your other job for some time. That was when she realized she had to focus on the business and give up the other work. The restaurant needed her full time and she would have to oversee and monitor its daily running so that she could ensure the quality of service that she wanted to deliver. So that was the thing I learned because she was right. It, it is different, like you managing your business you being uh, personally present there, just monitoring from, you know, somewhere far, it's, it's very different. So that's, that is what I learned. One of the big interruptions that has affected businesses across the world this past year has been the pandemic. For Tanushree, the timing of the lockdown could not have been worse. Like 2019 was amazing year for us. We did Forex Fair, which, which I think we got some amazing response from the audience. We were all sold out. And then uh, we did Farmer's Market and we did various type of exhibitions and you know, Amazon orders and Brown Living, Brown Living, Qtro. But then once the pandemic came, because the channels were shut off. For a while, things got really difficult. Stock piled up because she wasn't able to get it to customers. Clients cancelled orders. And she was unable to get access to her workforce, which largely comprised of women who worked out of their homes 
and belonged to small self-help groups from the villages nearby. Tanushree had spent time training them on making her main product, which were handmade therapy candles made out of beeswax and essential oils. Once COVID struck, it was impossible to make the trips to the interiors of Rajasthan. People were suspicious and worried about the virus spreading. Like every other organization, we just had to pause for some time and think that, you know, how, how are we going to go forward with this journey? So we started making these masks, masks and sanitizers. We, we started selling these masks for like 30 rupees per mask first. So like very normal so that everybody can afford it. So we uh, did that and uh, it was good. Like, you know, it was like no profit, no loss, but we are still, you know, the cash flow is there. So that's how we were sustaining ourselves. Here's Samia Kapoor from iWage, or the initiative for what works to advance women and girls in the economy. The level of optimism and flexibility tends to be very high among uh, women. When her team first approached businesses to see how they'd been affected in the early stages of COVID, they saw a lot of permanent closures. But things looked a little different when they went back later in the year. We asked them that, are you doing the same work? And they said, no, we pivoted which really shows that there is some level of resilience of wanting to do, you know, be involved with the enterprise or quite, you know, flexibility in pivoting to making masks or supplying sanitizers and not doing the traditional work that you were doing earlier. So I think that came out quite starkly because it's also the, it's a small business, so they can pivot quite easily and they're willing to do that. Over time, Tanushree was able to get some staff to come to work out of our house. She set up a small stockroom and workspace on her terrace. She says she's now at the stage of trying to rebuild her networks with clients and retailers. In our first episode, we talked about how women entrepreneurs are a focus of many government programs that are trying to support them. These might be about skilling, access to credit, incubation, and there are a lot of studies of these training programs that are trying to find out how to best help and encourage women business owners. A popular strategy has been to offer training to women on skills and business development. And Samia talks about a study done by JPAL, the Poverty Action Lab, that talks about some small design elements in the program that seem to determine outcomes for women. And I think there was a JPAL intervention with some Seva women, and they uh, they also uncovered this that if you were to give them trainings in groups, uh, then you know they have this whole sort of motivation angle that that comes in, and therefore they talk to each other, they discuss what was given in the training, and then the other sort of thing. Uh, you know, that uh, so the peer networks come in play. So women who are actually, who were, say, participating in a training where they had their friends join in actually ended up opening an enterprise, taking a loan from the Seva Bank and then graduating onwards versus women um, who were who were just in their, you know, in that training on their own. That, that's the finding that the JPAL study uh, revealed. But despite how crucial training is, training doesn't determine everything. It's not just about training. Training takes you to one level. And women who attended these trainings more regularly, irrespective of however long they, they had been a SEVA member, ended up having better outcomes. She's talking about a study that was done in the Indian state of Jharkhand with members of SEVA, the Women's Employment NGO. The organization was carrying out a program to support women 
and found that there were certain things that helped women. So really regularity is the key. Sometimes attending uh, with friends, of course, is a key. But finally, a package is also a key. I mean, what Seva has been finding through its multiple studies uh, is that, you know, you can give them training, but then you need to actually give them, link them, say, to another formal credit source like a Seva bank. They can't take a loan from a scheduled commercial bank so that they are able to take off their enterprise. They may have ideas after the training, but without credit, without the inputs, they would not be able to go anywhere. So training needs to be combined with other interventions like you know, those around credit. So training works best when it's linked with other kinds of interventions, such as ones that link women to the formal financial system. This is something we'll talk about more in our next episode. But supportive interventions can take other forms as well. Seema Jayachandran, a professor at Northwestern University, talks about this too. If you're working in India and thinking about ways to help women entrepreneurs, you need to think about the fact that in many places or many communities, women have restrictions on their physical mobility. So asking them to you know, go to a training across town alone might just be a recipe for your program to fail. And, and rather than being surprised by that or saying, we therefore can't run this intervention here. It's how do you redesign the program in light of that? And in my view, if we're trying to think about active labor market policies, including women, we need to broaden what counts as a, as a labor market policy to also include things like childcare or other uh, interventions that try to make the work environment easier for women. So the lack of childcare, it's not gender neutral. That's It's pretty obvious that that's not a gender neutral hole in the market. And so if we provide childcare, we're going to narrow gender gaps in women's employment, including uh, women's entrepreneurship. In the end, women end up having to rely on their support systems, especially when they're on an entrepreneurial path. These support systems are what carry them through the process like the grandparents who help with the kids, or the sibling or the friend that drives them to class, or their cousin, the accountant, who helps them navigate company registration. Despite all of the passion women entrepreneurs bring, this is what helps make the difference. In our next and final episode, we talk about money and finance and making dreams come true. I'll answer this question and, you know, I'll answer with my real life example only. I have seen my mother, uh, she, she, she started her job at the age of 21. She's not dependent on anyone. She's earning higher than my father right now. So that's one thing that, you know, that has made me very uh, aware about that, you know, it's, it's very important to be financially independent, even if it's, it's a woman or I think I don't want to go to a man and say, you know, I think I am not able to make that choice when, when I'm not earning. It's also about financial independence. Founders is produced by Vaca Media. It is brought to you by Her and Now, a project implemented by GIZ on behalf of the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, in partnership with the Indian Ministry of Skill Development and Entrepreneurship, 
to promote aspiring and existing women entrepreneurs in India. To find out more, visit herandnow.in.